Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, Executive Director at EdSource. The school year has begun amid a new surge of COVID cases, but unlike last summer's wave, it's now more common for children to get the coronavirus. As a parent of two children in California public schools, I know firsthand how this school year feels like a total leap of faith. Parents have more questions than answers. And unlike last year, there's no distance learning, at least not in the way families became used to last school year. No Zoom classes or teachers working with students in the classroom and others at home at the same time. Instead, independent study programs are now the only choice for families that don't want to send their children back to the classroom full time or for when kids can't attend school because of COVID exposure or infection. Quarantines and teacher shortages are threatening to overwhelm independent study programs, leaving districts and parents confused. Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stavely. With COVID-19 cases surging in many districts, tens of thousands of students across California have chosen independent study. Others are having to start independent study because of COVID infections and exposure. But some parents are finding that independent study programs aren't meeting their students' needs. It is heartbreaking. It makes me feel like this district, they really do not care. School sites are not organized. So the students are like, I don't know what to do. I'm lost. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. My daughter started in-person school in early August, and I got my first COVID email a few days later. Someone in her class tested positive. Every week since then, I've heard of more cases at her school. It's terrifying for a parent. And my daughter is vaccinated. For parents with younger children who can't be vaccinated yet, I know it can feel like a nightmare. Some parents are ready to pull their children out of school, but the only other option is to do independent study. And independent study has problems of its own. EdSource reporter Betty Marquez Rosales is one of the reporters who's been covering independent study. Betty, can you give me a quick overview of what is independent study? Who is it usually for and how has that changed? So independent study has typically been for students who have specific scheduling needs that maybe the traditional school system isn't quite working for them. So that might be an athlete with Olympic aspirations. Um, it might be students with specific medical needs. Um, and so this year, because of the new state law that passed over the summer, uh, school districts actually have to offer independent study to all students. And if they're not able to, they have to offer some sort of alternative. Maybe those students go to a different district nearby. And lawmakers have also added some life instruction requirements. So now, depending on the grade level that you're on, you have to meet with your teacher um, at some point during the week, maybe daily, and have some one-on-one -on -one time with them. So what is the demand like? Because I, I feel like in my school district, people are really upset about how COVID protections are working out. And it seems like a lot of people want to be an independent study, um, but I've heard that there's a wait list. There has been an increase in demand. So at some school districts, that could be, you know, in June, maybe they had around 200 students interested in independent study. And right before the school year began, they suddenly have maybe 2,000 students who are interested. That has happened at one of the school districts that I spoke to in Southern California. And so 
One of the obstacles that school districts are facing are that there's not enough teachers. And so some students are either not being placed right away with a teacher, or they might be placed in the beginning of the school year with a teacher who typically teaches a different grade. So I'm really hearing about maybe a 12th grader who signed up for only three of the six classes that she's supposed to be signed up for. Um, a fifth grader who's been assigned a teacher who typically does middle school education. And that's been one of the toughest things for school districts to really balance out. You've been talking to parents all over the state as well, right? And what have you been hearing from them? There's so much frustration from parents. And the majority that I'm speaking with really understand that it's difficult for administrators, that it's difficult for teachers to implement the new independent study law. But they're also concerned that their children are not being assigned the teachers that they need to be assigned, that their children are maybe not receiving the education that they need to receive. Um, And weeks are passing by since the beginning of the school year and frustration is, is growing. So that lack of communication from some school districts or perhaps even school districts themselves not fully understanding how to implement the law because there has been some difficulties in in understanding how to implement it. And that's trickling down to parents and really to students. So you talked with one parent whose name is Tammy Tyler. Tell us about her. So Tammy Tyler has two kids who attend Mojave Unified in Kern County, which is in Southern California. So she's the mother of two children. One of them is in high school. The other one is in elementary school. She has a medical condition and that puts her in a high risk category for COVID-19. And so she has ultimately decided that her children should be in independent study. How did she make that decision? She chose independent study after visiting her younger son's elementary school right before classes began. I noticed the staff were not wearing, weren't being protective. They didn't have their mask on or just kind of being nonchalant about things. And I figured I says, well, if they're like this and not me as a parent here, I can imagine when the poor kiddos come back, how they're going to be. So I immediately said, nope, independent study it is. So Tammy ended up choosing independent study and she was expecting something quite frankly different from last school year. She was expecting for the first day of school to start with some communication from the teachers that her boys had been assigned to for some Chromebooks, for any type of communication that would give her an indication of what her kids should expect. And instead, she found something completely different. What I experienced was, first day of school began, there is silence. No Chromebooks for my students, um, no teacher um, notification, no type of transparency, any kind of communication with the school sites. And also, um, when I tried to reach out, I had no success. I was giving the runaround a lot. You know, oh, we're uh, school saying they're going to call. School's just starting. We're going to give you a call, set you up. It didn't happen like that. And that was just the first day. So two weeks go by. Tammy's older son in high school got an email from his independent study teacher two weeks after school started. And Tammy said he basically didn't have any work. She tried out a different school for him, but that school felt like a prison. There were security guards. They had strict rules that banned him from bringing a backpack onto campus, from having a cell phone on him during the day. 
So now she set him up in a charter school, which is completely online, but they're still waiting to get fully enrolled there. So at this time, he's already missed about a month of school. Meanwhile, Tammy's younger son, who is nine years old, he's still enrolled in independent study in their local school district. Tammy says he's not really getting what he needs either. That's particularly frustrating for her because her son has special needs. They're not challenging him. So he actually did complete an online assignment and it was supposed to be done in a week. He actually took an hour and he was done with that whole week of assignments, which left him in kind of like a boredom stage. So now his behaviors are changing um, and they're elevated to the point where it's frustrating me. It's frustrating him because there's no assistance for help with me and him. For Tammy, this just feels like an extension of what distance learning was like for her last year, even though that's exactly what the new state law was meant to avoid. It is heartbreaking, um, Betty. It makes me feel like this district They really do not care. So distant learning was the same way as independent study. So the kids were kind of stuck, really didn't have really work. The teachers were trying to focus more so on the students' behavior than they were teaching the students. And so the students were like, I don't know what to do. I'm lost. Betty, how did that experience with distance learning affect Tammy's sons? So before the pandemic, Tammy's older son was actually an honor student with all A's. And then during distance learning, his grades have dropped to C's and D's. During that distant learning, the students were already, my students particularly, were already two years behind in learning. So now with this new school year learning, independent studies, now they're four years behind. And the school sites are fully aware of this information, but they're not prepared. They're not doing anything um, to try to change it. I felt like a parent as a failure. So I'm like, what did I do? What happened? And I realized it wasn't us. It was the school sites. It was their non-preparation to prepare our, our students. That was Tammy Tyler. She's a mother of two in Mojave Unified School District. You're listening to Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely and I'm talking with reporter Betty Marquez-Rosales. Betty, is it just Tammy, or is this similar to what you're hearing from other parents? This is very similar to what I'm hearing from other parents. There's this common thread in my conversations, and that thread is frustration and concern. And is independent study even an option for all students? Because the other thing that I've heard is that people have sort of felt pushed into going back to in-person school because either the district said you won't necessarily have a spot at your previous school if you go to independent study and then choose to return. You won't have a dual immersion option in independent study. Um, You won't have, you know, a bilingual option. You won't have necessarily um, English learner services. Um, What have you heard from folks about that? Everyone needs to have the option to enroll in independent study. It really comes down to the capacity that each school district has. And even for a very large school district, for example, Los Angeles Unified, which is the state's largest, even they're having some trouble with making sure that every student who wants access to independent study is enrolled in the correct class. And that's trickling down all the way to the smallest school districts. So although the new state law does require that every student has access, 
it comes down to the capacity that each school district has. And when it comes to bilingual students who might be in dual immersion programs, it sort of comes down to the same thing. You know, there are some school districts like Montebello Unified in Southern California that is offering a dual immersion program specifically for independent study students. But that's not happening across the board. So it comes down to where each student is enrolled. Betty, I know you asked Mojave Unified how they respond to parents like Tammy who are concerned about the independent study being offered, and they have not responded yet. You and John Fensterwall just did a big story about this and how overwhelmed school districts are with all the independent study uh, demand and with having to do quarantines for students who are exposed to coronavirus. What did they tell you? Every district that we spoke to essentially said they're trying their best to implement this new state law. It's difficult for all of them. And and one of the biggest obstacles that they seem to share is that the new law was passed while most school districts were on vacation. And so they haven't quite had the time to implement all of the requirements before the start of this new school year. One of the districts that John and you wrote about um, was Simi Valley. And I, um, I saw that they were having so much trouble um, with so many students on quarantine that they had chosen to just offer them Zoom while they were on quarantine. Is that something that um, is happening all over the state with the number of students who are, you know, having to miss school because they were either get coronavirus or they're exposed to coronavirus? Quarantining students has become a large issue when it comes to independent study. And that's largely because districts are not sure if they will be funded for providing access to instruction through Zoom if a student is at home quarantining. And so even though that's typically the only option that districts are able to offer, for example, at Simi Valley, where so many students have been quarantining, that that's the best way to offer them instruction. Simi Valley is not actually sure if they'll be funded um, if that's how they're offering class. How many students were quarantined in, in Simi Valley? Out of about 16,000 students, uh, they've had at least 300 students in quarantine as of last week. Um, and so what, I guess some districts are, are asking the state to change the law because of that. Has there been a response from the state? Is there something that the state could do to try to make all of this easier for districts and for parents? Plenty of school districts are waiting on some clarification or an update to the law that allows for some flexibility around quarantining students. But as of right now, we don't know if it's coming. And if it does, we, we don't know when. So Betty, let's go back to Tammy Tyler, who you talked with, the mother from Mojave Unified. How is she feeling now? I asked Tammy how she feels now at this point, looking back over the last year and a half. If I could flash back and turn back time, I would have never, I would have just disenrolled both of my children out of the school district. But I stayed there because I wanted to fight not just for my sons, but for all the kids. My sons fell and all the kids are failing. So I'm a mother of all the kids. They have 3,000 students here enrolled. 
So all of those 3,000 students, I feel that I'm accountable for, I'm responsible for, and the district is failing them. Thank you so much, Tammy, for talking with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Betty. I so appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks this week to Betty Marquez-Rosales, John Fensterwald, Tammy Tyler, and our director, Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week 